Hi, welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Pa Vu, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the last episode of the year. I can't believe we're finally here. And I really wanted to release this episode earlier, but I've been kind of busy. Um, I moved recently, so that's taken up a lot of my time. And it's also the end of the semester, so there's a lot of stuff going on, including finals. And as you'll see, I recorded this episode during finals week. And although I didn't have a lot of uh, finals, I did have one huge paper that was due. So that took up a lot of time. So you might... Also notice that the sound is a little bit different, and that's because I got a new mic, and I am learning how to use it right now. So the level of the volume of sound might fluctuate a little bit depending on um, how loud I'm speaking or how loud I'm laughing, but I'm hoping that um, that's not going to be too distracting for you. Um, Hopefully in the near future we're in... um, the episodes next year, I will have a good grasp of this mic and the sound will be a lot better. So thank you for your patience with that. And here is today's show. Hi everybody. So it's nearly the end of finals week of my first semester of grad school at UC Berkeley. I turned in my last assignment at, or I should say I turned in my last assignment, a 4,000 word analysis of Romanized popular alphabet, the most widely used Hmong writing system in the world yesterday, after which I rewarded myself with several pastries and slept like I hadn't slept in a long time. I pretty much slept like someone who had been deprived of sleep, like someone who had run a marathon. Although, come to think of it, I wouldn't really know what that is like because I've never ran a marathon. But anyway, in reflecting upon this semester, I think it was much more stressful than I thought it would be. Not because of the load of work, although that was a bit stressful at times, but because of the constant threat of COVID and because everything was online. I've known my advisor for a year, but I've actually only interacted with her through Zoom. I've become close with classmates, but I've only actually met a few of them in person and only for socially distanced activities or very short meetings. I've moved to a new city and am exploring and experiencing this new environment as best I could, but I am unfortunately spending most of my time alone. I love my new life, but I miss my family and friends. And... Honestly, I think juggling all of these emotions has been quite a trial, but it has been a trial by choice, and I would like to believe that I've passed. For today's episode, the last episode of the year, wow, I want to share 10 things I learned during my first semester of grad school. I feel like this would be an effective way to end the slug of the journey, and I hope that you find it helpful. I have definitely more to share, so much more about what I've learned in the classroom about race, language, and ideology, which I will share in another episode. For this one, 
I thought I'd keep it a bit light and um, just share some of the more technical things that I learned. Number one, start asking questions early. Back in July, I found myself wondering why no one from the school had contacted me about signing up for classes. You'd think they would have sent out an email by now letting us know what classes to sign up for and how to do it, I thought. Then I remembered that there was COVID (laughs) and that nothing was as it was supposed to be. There is usually a grad school orientation in the spring, but the one for UC Berkeley was canceled like a week before it was supposed to happen. So the information that I should have received at this orientation never got to me. I didn't even know what classes I was supposed to sign up for and had to request a semester-by-semester plan for my advisor. Then I went into my student portal, checked the class registration dates, saw that registration was currently open, and began enrolling in classes. Now, I hadn't enrolled in classes in nearly, or signed up for classes in nearly a decade, so I was a bit nervous about it. But in the end, aside from shopping carts and permission codes, the whole process was pretty intuitive. And the reason why I mentioned uh, shopping carts is because it was so much like buying things at the store. I mean, our our um, school system has become so so um, capitalist, so capitalist that we even have a shopping cart when we're signing up for classes. So that gave me a lot to think about. <laughs> What I learned from this experience is that COVID or no COVID, you should ask questions anyway. You should ask them early and you should ask them often. If you don't know how to do something, ask. If you are confused about something, ask. If you are wondering if something is even possible, ask. Ask. Ask, ask, ask. And if you're not sure how to ask, start with, I'm not sure how to ask this question, but... There's no question that's too silly and there's no reason you should sit in the dark for longer than that moment when you discover that you need more information. Number two, talk to students who are ahead of you. Back when I first got accepted to UC Berkeley, my professor connected me with a student who was already writing her dissertation. I was ecstatic to talk to the student, but at the time, I didn't even know what kinds of questions to ask. She is so far ahead of me that all I could really ask were generic questions about her research and life as a grad student, especially working with our advisor. It wasn't until I started classes that I finally had questions. And one of the main questions I had was, how the heck do you handle your huge reading load as a grad student? (laughs) I mean, I was reading so much. I was finally able to talk to another student about this, a student who was a few years ahead of me, and this is basically what she said. As a grad student, you're going to read so much, so much that you don't even remember most of what you read. So the key to reading is to not read everything so closely unless you know you're going to be using it for your research. A close read requires so much attention and energy and time that you want to try to reserve that for your readings that you'll actually use. And OMG, you have no idea how much her advice saved me time and time again. There were many nights this semester that I stayed up late reading, trying to get through one 30-page article so I could get to the next 50-page article, all in time for class the next day. 
at 10 a.m. <laughs> when I began to worry that I wouldn't finish in time, I would just remember what this peer told me, and it would help me get through. Number three, connect with people in your cohort. It's so important to connect with the people who came into the program the same year that you did for many reasons, but I'm going to talk about two main reasons today. The first is because they're going to they're going through the same things you are, the same doubts, the same classes, the same professors, the same midnight existential crisis. <laughs> and trust me, every once in a while, what you really need to hear is another classmate saying, I don't get it either. I mean, that has been so, so reassuring to me, especially in stats class, as I've mentioned many times before, how much I have been um, struggling with that class and to have peers who are on the same page as I am and who understand what I'm going through has been something that has meant so much to me. The second reason is it's so easy to compare yourself to your classmates and find yourself not up to par to find yourself lacking in some way. And this makes room for imposter syndrome and doubt to set in. And nobody wants any of that. So when you get to know your classmates more, you start to realize that everyone is different and everyone brings something to the table, including you. So these, I think, are two of the more important reasons why you should get to know your classmates or why you should get to know your cohort. Number four. Organize your reading early and tag all readings that pertain to your area of studies. Like my peer said, you're going to be reading a lot of articles and books in grad school. Some of them will pertain to your area of studies. Many of them probably won't. This is why it's important to start organizing your readings early using some kind of system. There are many ways to do this, including using an online organization tool like Zotero or Mendeley. Um, and I'll go ahead and attach or actually um, link this in the show notes so you can have easy access to their websites. Zotero is free to start out with. Mendeley, I believe you have to pay, but I'm not 100% sure. Some people choose to use an Excel spreadsheet. I've decided to use Zotero and have enjoyed it thus far. I've had to upgrade, though, because I already have way too many articles in my account. I've always had a wee little problem with downloading articles and never reading the majority of them. <laughs> anyway, um, what you should do is decide on a system to track your articles and books, and then you tag them based on categories or themes or purpose or all of these things. This will make it easier for you in the future when you're writing. And for me, it has become um, pretty helpful as I'm writing papers this semester already, so I can foresee how it would be super helpful in the future. Number five, be intentional about every single one of your writing assignments. I cannot stress this enough. I learned this when I went through my first PhD program, the one that I never finished. Write intentionally. A paper in one of your classes isn't just a paper in one of your classes. A paper in one of your classes is a stepping stone to your dissertation or your thesis, a stepping stone to being done. A paper you wrote in one introductory class you took your first semester could easily morph into a paragraph in your literature review in your next class, 
which could then become a chapter in your dissertation. Knowledge, data, and analyses build upon each other. So don't write about one thing in one class and then another completely different thing in another class. Your topics should, or at least I encourage them, <laughs> to follow a theme. And the tighter the theme, the better, in my opinion. So if you can really, really focus your theme, I think it would be better because then you can really kind of hone in on what your specific topic is going to be for your research. And to me, a lot of these writing assignments in these classes especially are really tools for you to explore what you really want to study in depth for your dissertation anyway. And so the more you can write about your topic or the more you can stick around one specific topic, the better um, I think your life is going to be when it comes to your dissertation. But this is just my personal experience of it. And this is just one program. So your program might be completely different and maybe you do want to explore by writing about um, several different topics. And if that works for you, then that's totally fine. Um, I think for me, because I already have a really good idea of what I want to study, this works out really well. Number six, get into the habit of drinking a lot of water. <laughs> Did you know that our body is mostly water, like 60% or something? Okay, so I totally just Googled that and said the first thing that came up, but I hope it's kind of correct. <laughs> Our body is literally a machine and water helps it run smoothly. So when we lose water through sweating, peeing, or other functions, we need to replenish it. According to Harvard Medical School, this one I actually looked up like a good resource, you should be drinking four to six cups a day. I drink one cup in the morning before my before um, I start drinking my tea. Then every time I go into the kitchen, I drink a cup of water, or at least that's the plan. Sometimes it doesn't work, but it helps me remember that I have to drink water. So like um, for me, I've created kind of like a, um, like a signal or a, um, or a reminder and going into the kitchen is this reminder that I have to drink water. Number eight. Get some earplugs. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to trust me again. These will come in handy when you have 200 pages of intense text to read, but are easily distracted by every single sound from inside and outside of your house. Garbage trucks, cars honking, kids playing outside, your roommate cooking, even the humming of the air purifier can be distracting. When you don't want to read, distraction is easy to come by, but earplugs really help in my personal experience. Number nine, if people want to give you gifts for any, any reason, whether it's your birthday or whether it's you doing something for them, ask for gift cards to local restaurants. I was offered an opportunity to mentor a middle school student during the month of November for a friend. And this friend offered to pay me, but it was, it was one of those awkward situations where you can't really ask your friend to pay you. So what I did was ask my friend to give me gift cards to local restaurants in Berkeley. Not only would she be quote unquote paying me, but we could both be supporting 
the local economy. These gift cards have honestly come in so handy, especially on those long days when I had class from like 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. or when I'm on a reading marathon. It's so easy to order something online for delivery or to call in an order for curbside, curbside pickup. It's one less thing to worry about when you're exhausted from giving your all to your studies. Number 10, be gentle on yourself. A few weeks ago, we were having a conversation about race and education in class. I'm in a critical studies of race program, so we're always having conversations about race and education. But anyway, I was getting pretty heated up about the topic and said something along the lines of, students can write in their damn language if they want to. Immediately after I said that, I thought, well, first, that definitely did not sound like I, uh, like what I was thinking. What I was thinking was students can damn well write in their own language if they want, which is slightly different. <laughs> Second, oops, either way, maybe I shouldn't have said damn. <laughs> For at least a couple of days, this sinking what have I done feeling sat in my gut. I'm sure all of you are familiar with that feeling. I wondered if I should email the professor to apologize. Sometimes I wondered if I was overthinking it. In the end, I let myself feel these feelings of discomfort for those two days. Then I slowly let it go. So there you go. 10 things I learned during my first semester of grad school. Part one. <laughs> I want to take these last few moments to thank you for going on this journey with me from my first introductory episode to my move to Berkeley to my scare over COVID. <laughs> I'm laughing now, but I was not laughing then. <laughs> to um, this moment um, of me sitting in a new room in a new apartment because I just moved out of my old place. And so now I'm in a new place um, recording this episode. And yes, I did move during finals week. I know, I know it was wild, but it, it but it's done and I'm pretty happy with uh, my choice. Let me know what your favorite episode was and what you'd like me to cover for 2021. I'm just starting to make plans for 2021 right now. I have several interviews lined up and I'll be covering many more topics about being in a PhD program. But I'd also like to uh, open the space up to topics from you. So if you have any ideas or anything that you would like to know more about, feel free to email me at paw at bypavu.com. Or um, you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook as well. I'm pretty, um, pretty good at responding to messages on Instagram or Facebook. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook or find the podcast on Instagram or Facebook at the handle um, on becoming educated. I hope that you have a wonderful and safe holiday and I cannot wait to connect with you all next year. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review will go a long way. 
podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at bypavu and the podcast at onbecomingeducated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.